So happy new year. So I know everybody made it through. If you if you're listening to this, you made it. Yeah, so now this is 2022, man. Um I don't know what new laws we got in store for us now out here, man. But you know, every year it's always something to keep it harder and harder. Um I just recently had to go um redo my um TSA thing where you know you go pay the little $85 and do the fingerprint thing that's really just a bunch of bullshit. Um, just something. And, and when you think about it, just think about all the money that they're getting for that for people that have hazmat endorsement on there. Like, I mean, there's like what, like maybe four million truck drivers or something in that area. You could just we could just easily say, uh, like, I want to say probably half. Like maybe if I was to say if there was four million. Let's just say like 2 million of them went out and paid $85 to TSA to do this fingerprint thing that they already had on file from the five years that I did. And then previous from the five years from that, I mean, you just keep renewing it. And when you just add up that, add up the $85 times 2 million, I mean, the money that they're just bringing in for just stuff that, man, is just like ridiculous. I mean... In my opinion, that should be like a one-time only thing, or it should be like once every 10 years. It should be like a passport, like you have it for like 10 years or something like that. Then you renew it to see if you still allow. And the only reason why you would be renewing it is to still see if you still, you know, alive or active with it. Because a lot of people just have it and they don't even use it. Or they might have passed away or something like that. And so it's kind of hard for TSA to keep up with who's who. And so that's how you would find out. If that person was still active with it, like, you know, you we shouldn't have to do that like every four years or whatever that is. And then the fees, I think, went up like 85. I don't think it was 85 when we first started out. But I mean, that's just a lot of money. This is going into that. Like I said, same thing with PSP. You know, you pay the ten dollars to check your record online and, you know, just making industries, man, to um, just get like an income. But with that being said, man, um, like I said, I want to basically wish everybody a happy New Year's. Like I said, I know some of you guys probably might have been out there. Either either you was out there for New Year's or either you was out there for Christmas. I, I know y'all was out there for one of those days, man. Bringing back some funky-ass load that you probably underpaid for at a truck stop while the dispatcher's sitting at home doing what they got to do. You know, I like to tell people this. Um... The number one reason why good truck drivers leave companies, the, the number one reason, I did a survey on this, the number one reason, and you'll get the answer from every true truck driver, it's always because of the dispatch, man. It's what they do to a driver out there on the road, sitting him out there somewhere, um, just just the disrespect, going back and forth. Um it's, it's always them that makes good drivers leave the company. And then the company's always got their mouth opening, taking out fake ads in the paper, talking about, we're going to give you this, we're going to give you that. You know, with all these incentives. If you was if your company was as good as you say it was, you wouldn't be in the paper for th 345 days out of the year, like 12 months out of the year. You wouldn't, be, you wouldn't have an open policy like that because drivers wouldn't quit. I mean, I want y'all to just think about that. If a company is as good as they say they are, why are they always constantly hiring then? 
I mean, we can only say that maybe drivers, maybe a couple drivers here and there didn't like it and they moved on for whatever the reason was. Maybe it was more work than what they thought or maybe they didn't get enough home time. But if you're doing what you're supposed to be doing out there and you're all that, then why are you constantly hiring? And I see a lot of these shitty companies that have that open policy. Some some even give you an incentive where they're giving you these like $10,000 sign-on bonuses. I actually went to a, a company like that. We haven't gotten to it yet where they gave me like, I think a $5,000 bonus, but they give you like two, and they break it down. They don't never give it to you up front because they know that shit, once you probably got it, you probably leave. They break it down how they give it to you. You know, they might give you a thousand this week on your check. Then, you know, they give it to you in increments, six months. And then then still at the end of the year, by the time the driver got it, he still moves the fuck on anyway. You know, it's a reason why you're giving a sentence because why why should you have to pay if your company is as good as you say it is? It's kind of like you're paying to get them to come over there because it's not as good as you saying it is. But... Like I said, with that being said, man, I know a lot of y'all are out there um, in places that you didn't want to be. But like I said, trust me, man, I, I've been there several times um, with these companies. That's one of my main reasons why I kind of just like came off the road, um, too, because you're kind of missing out on life, man. Like you're always sitting behind that truck and you're not like where you want to be for New Year's. Now, if you're just out there and you say, well, fuck it, wherever I wind up at, I, it's where it is because... You know, I'm just kind of getting my experience, then so be it. But like when you're out there for like more than seven, eight years and you still dealing with that, man, it's just really kind of bullshit, man. You should be able to come home and see your family if you got a family or you should be able to be where you want to be for New Year's and Christmas and not have to be forced dispatch this shit that they say force. I never was down with that shit. Whenever companies talk shit like that, man, I kind of step away from them. because you're not going to be forcing me to do something. And then it's something and, and we all know the strategy to that. It's always forced when they want you to do something. And then as soon as something happens that they force you to do, all of a sudden it turns into, well, you didn't have to do it. You know, you had a choice. You Nobody made you. It, it, it starts turning into that. No company will ever that I've been to will admit that. Like they will always try to put you in a predicament to do something. And then something, as soon as something happens, they try to put it back on the driver to make it seem like you were smart and intelligent not to do it when you're only trying to do it to please the company so you could have it ease at what you're doing. And it shouldn't be that way, man. It should be the other way around. They should be, a, you know, easing for you not having to put you into a bind to do something so they can give you these miles. Because we all know these dispatchers, they pick and choose who they want to well, I want to give some to Tommy. I give some to David, you know, and then you have that thing where they got this um, lease program and you go lease the truck and then they're not giving you enough miles to pay off the truck. You know, your first year you might run hard. Then once wherever the, I, I hear this all the time, whenever the contract is almost about to come to an end, you're in your last year or two, they start slowing the miles down because they already know that once you get your hands on that truck, you're probably going to leave the company. You know, you're not going to keep it there. So they start bullshitting you. And if I'm not mistaken, I think England was like the last one that I heard that paid out all this millions of dollars in settlement because they was keeping like so many pennies on the dollar for like the the um, the money that they were supposed to be putting up for like your um, the maintenance and all that. You know, like there's certain uh, a percentage that they put for here and there and they was robbing out of there. And um, it, they, it just ceased to amaze me, man. They, they always get busted. It's always a scam what they're trying to do. Um, 
I was reading this article, man, um, and this is another thing that I wanted to bring to y'all attention because we're still going to talk about the situation, what happened with me and Eric. And one of the reasons why I want to bring up that situation with this one guy is because this actually happened where Eric had his accident at. I don't know if you guys are familiar, Have if you listened to the segment where I told you that Eric, after Interstate, after that whole shit went down with Interstate, Eric was like fucking around with this one broad, you know, he was married, he was fucking around with this one broad, and he was bringing her out on the road with him, and remember I told y'all he had that accident in Colorado, I don't know if y'all are familiar with that situation where there was a situation where there was this one guy that um, recently, he killed like four people and injured, either it was four people he killed and injured six people, and it was going down that damn Colorado um, hill, man. I don't know if it was the 25 or whatever it was, but I mean, you know, and it looks like this guy was working for a mom and pops because they said the truck got up to like 80 miles per hour. And then on top of that, his dumb ass must have bypassed the on-ramp, the, you know, the ramp that you go up into when you lose your brakes and shit like that. He just went past that shit and just continued to go down the hills, gaining more and more speed. And you know, like when you come around one of that one, it's, all it takes is you to come around that one turn and traffic comes to a completely stop. This motherfucker man must have crashed into all these people killed for, and they was trying to give him 110 years in jail. I don't know if y'all familiar with the case. Um, let me see if I could pull that shit up. Let me see. Um, his name is... Mandoros and was sentenced on December 13th to 110 years in prison for a fatal 2019 crash on Interstate 70 outside of Denver. Yep. That's where um, Eric had his shit at. And he killed four people and injured several others. And sentenced, the judge said he wouldn't have chosen it if it was his discretion. Because what wound up happening, yeah, he failed, but he was driving 85 miles per hour in a 45 mile per hour speed zone. He was found guilty by Jefferson County jury of 27 counts. And so they was trying to give this guy like 110 years in um, prison. And so many people, I guess, came to his aid. And so the, they reduced it to guess how long y'all to like 10 years. Now, I don't know how you, some of y'all feel about it. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm not really cool with that. I mean, dude, you knew. Like, see, this is what gives us a bad name. And what comes with this now in Denver is probably going to come a law that's going to come along with this that they're going to pass now to punish the other truck drivers that can take that hill and do what they're supposed to do. Now everybody's get punished for this dude. I mean, and what's wound up is going to happen is he's going to wind up paying for the rest of his life. I think his career as driving a truck is over with. I don't think he'll be able to go anywhere and get a trucking job. I'll be shocked. You know, that's worse than a police, like shooting somebody and then goes over to the next county because he knows everybody to the next county and then goes get hired over there. This dude killed like four people and sit and, and, and injured several others. So that policy probably paid out about a 15 to 20 million dollar policy. Um, whichever mom and pops that was that he worked for, he put them out of business probably. Um, cause they probably not going to be able to hire nobody because that type, because when you kill four people, I'm just guessing like, you know, that's in the millions of dollars that you got to pay out. And then he several he injured several others. So 
you know, I was just reading the story and it just made me think about like Eric did the same thing. But Eric wound up like crashing, I guess, on the side of the on-ramp or whatever. But this dude didn't take the on-ramp. He just went past it. It just goes to show, man, like, you know, like certain people shouldn't have like a wide open truck like that. Because I see fools like this driving all the time, man. I mean, they go past me like when I was having my loads going to Dallas and Oklahoma. You know, they get out there on the 10 and going through Arizona and all the rest of this shit like you know, it's just like too dangerous, man. They just don't have no respect for nobody. Um, just driving the, the truck like it's a fucking Honda. But, I mean, he's very lucky because he gets a second chance in life because, you know, he's not going to do 110 years. He's only going to do 10 years. So, he kind of got off. Um... Yeah, like I said, the only reason why I'm familiar with that is because of the situation that happened with Eric. Because Eric wound up doing the same thing with that uh, situation. But, you know, I want to get back to focusing on what I was telling you guys about what the situation was with, with like me and Eric. And, you know, why that went down the way it did and why... Because I tried to reach back out because after that situation happened, when he wanted me to go come work for him with the glass place and all that shit went down and and the girl was hating at the temp agency. It's just like we kind of just kind of like, I don't know, man, we just kind of just stopped talking after that situation. And I mean, for a while, um, close to almost like 10 years. And so. I tried to reach back out because I went back over to his mom's house to stay over there off of Melrose. And, you know, I gave her my number and I said, you know, gave his mom a hug and all this. And, you know, she was the one that told me that, you know, he had another child. And I was kind of shocked. And she told me, you know, he was staying up in like the Woodland Hills area, which is a nice little area out there. Like it's out there, though, like, you know, off the 170, you know, up there by the one on one going the other way so he's outside of LA County um, but I told her to give him my number because I felt like it's time for us to start talking because I didn't know if Eric was still driving the truck at this point I didn't know what the fuck was going on with him I know that um, he was still going to school every now and then because you know like he would stop going then he would drive and come back and get some of his credits he was trying to go for his masters or, or whatnot. but I gave his mom my phone number and he never called. And that's not like Eric to do something like that. I I really feel like his mom like took his took my number and didn't give it to him. Because with him having a new kid, she probably felt like, you know, like we would be getting back together and Eric would just not be coming home like he used to. Now, like I said, for purposes of this, because I'm not gonna be telling you guys everything. I, I mean, you know, you got to respect this because, I mean, this is somebody else that I'm talking about. There were certain things and some of these trucking things that we were doing that I can't discuss. Um, maybe at another point in time when the statute limit <laughs> allows me to talk about those things. But there was a lot of things, man, that I did with this trucking Um with the guy from New York. I just told y'all just the surface of things. I mean, it was like really a wild time, man, in trucking. Same thing with Eric. And um, and see, Eric, you know, he kind of had a drinking problem, man. Um, 
this stemmed back from when we was like coming up as as youth, you know, um, drinking the beers and stuff like that. And um, Eric would usually just come over to my place and he would just stay gone for like days at a time, man. You know, when he had his first child with his wife and he would just not come home because he just couldn't take the pressure of having the responsibility on him. And um, Eric was kind of always like that. And how things kind of changed, what, what I didn't like, because I want to put it to y'all like this way. I mean, you guys already heard, like we grew up in Los Angeles, California. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It doesn't matter which neighborhood or which area you from, there's gangs out there. And I, I mean, you guys, I don't know where, like, where you, like, what state or where, where you stay from. I kind of, like, looked at some people that are out of country, but you have to understand, like, this is California that I grew up in, Los Angeles. Now, California is big, but then you have Los Angeles, and then you have other cities outside that, like San Bernardino, um, Pacoima, uh, Orange County, stuff like that. But we, we predominantly grew up in, like, a gang environment, like, down in Los Angeles and I'm not going to say for purposes like I said I'm not going to get into all that but we did come from that era me and Eric grew up in a certain neighborhood and actually one of the reasons why his parents want to blame me is because the actual area that we grew up in me and another guy kind of started that area if you know what I'm talking about without saying it from that, you know, from where we were. Now, we was young and stupid back then. Um, this was probably like when we was 13, 14, um, just running around. And the thing about it is, like, when you go now to that area where we grew up at and look at it, that area is like the houses over there, man, like like I told y'all, like close to two, three million dollars. It's all gentrified now. It's closer to the Beverly Center. It's closer to um, right down the street from Miracle Mile all that stuff but back then when we grew up in like the 90s man and stuff like that man it wasn't like that over there um i don't know if you guys ever saw that movie called menace to society where kane and what's his name walked into the liquor store if y'all ever saw that movie called menace to society and they walked into that liquor store and the korean guy told kane that i feel sorry for your mother and he threw the 40 ounce bottle on the ground and then shot them and robbed them that's our liquor store right there. That was the liquor store right down the street. It's right down on, on Curson and um, Fairfax right there. That's that's where we, uh, <laughs> that's where everybody used to go get the beers at right there. But like I said, if you go back over there now to that area nowadays, man, it's like, it's too expensive to even live over there to get a house. So everybody's parents pretty much moved out of the areas and sold way back then before the houses are what they are worth now. But one of the reasons why Eric's mom and dad, because see, his mom and dad was separated. Like when Eric was over there where we grew up at, he stayed with his dad. Now, check this out. Eric's dad, y'all, is a psychiatrist. I know. And it's and it's funny to everybody because it's like your dad is a psychiatrist and you got all these issues. He can't even fix his own son's shit. But I mean, Eric grew up with us over there. And so they always looked at me as like, uh, I don't want to say like the leader, but they felt like I might have been a bad influence on Eric. But let me tell y'all something. 
as we got older, Eric was doing his own thing with other individuals, like with other cliques and stuff like that, even though he came up from our neighborhood over here. As we got older, you know, he started getting on the bikes, like a bike club and shit like that. So he was off doing his own thing with other people while I was over here with other individuals. And we meet up every now and then and do stuff when we have stuff to get or this or that, if there's something to go do. But the thing about it is, is that I don't know why his mom and dad felt like they targeted me when we came growing up because let me just put it to y'all like this. Like I said, I'm not going to get into anybody's business or anything like that. But Eric back in the days was, was um, how do I say this without saying it? Uh, he was doing stuff that, you know, um, dealing, I, I'm just telling you straight out. Okay. He was like doing stuff like dealing with drugs and stuff like that. That had nothing to do with what I was doing. And I mean, he was kind of like at one point, like heavily into that. And the thing about it is like, I didn't have nothing to do with that. So you can't blame that on me. Um, he was doing his own thing. I was doing my own thing. I, I never dealt with stuff. I mean, I kind of dibbled and dabbled in it, but I just didn't see anything to it because you kind of destroy your own people when you go on that route and you're dealing with shit like that. So I just was never like the one to, you know, want to mess with that. I, I just didn't do it. But I mean, as we was coming up, Eric was dibbling and dabbling, doing his own thing. Me and him both was getting into trouble. Um, you know, like I said, fortunate for me, I want to say for him too, like at an early age, we kind of got our mind right. You know, for fortunate, like for other people that grew up around us, either they got killed or whatnot. You know, I kind of got my head on straight, man, because I said, I'm not going to go out like this. I, I said I was going to need a job, a career. So I was kind of working early on, like right out of high school. You know, my mind was focused on that. It wasn't focused on other gangs in the other areas. I mean, it was like when I was over there, but like when it was all said and done, that ain't shit. I need to get my mind focused and get money because like I said, I grew up, my mom didn't have a lot of money. I had to go out and buy my own school clothes or go out and steal them. Um, I got caught for that. Um, but the thing about it is his parents just kind of felt like I was a bad influence on Eric, but like I said, when you look at the trouble that Eric got into, he wasn't with me. He was other. He was with other individuals. It didn't have anything to do with me. I don't know why they always like looked at me like that, even though I would still come over, and me and Eric would kick it back then and there. But I don't know why that is, and this is one of the reasons why, especially his father. Um, you know, it's it's this is a funny story that. I shouldn't say, but one of the reasons why with his dad is because a long time ago, like when we were coming up, Eric's bike <laughs> got stolen out of his yard. He had a, like a diamond back. And back then, those bikes was like expensive, man. And um, word had gotten around that I did it. Like I had took the bike or whatnot. And so as we was out there, just all kicking it or whatnot, you know, his dad must have came outside in his fatigues. <laughs> His dad came outside in his fatigues, like asking, like, where's um, Eric's bike and this and that. And we all just like ganged up on Eric's dad. 
I mean, I know it's not funny, but we just all like kind of like ganged up on his dad and made him go back into the house or whatnot. Um, um, he wound up getting his bike back. One of the homeboys that took his bike and was just riding it around and gave it back. But I mean, it's it's just a funny situation. Um, you know, like I said, man, we, we was young, man, like 15, 14, 15, 16, stuff like that, man. You know, all the way up almost into like our 20s, like when I started to get my shit together, Eric did too. But like I said, we kind of branched out because Eric started to go with the bike club thing and I started to go over here with this thing. And um, eventually we wound up moving out of that area, um, but just moved not too far from there. And so this is one of the reasons why, you know, his mom always felt like that because when he stayed over there in our neighborhood, he was staying with his dad. His mom stayed over there off of Melrose when he would go stay with her. He would be staying with his dad. Primarily, his dad had um, um, custody of Eric, which is surprising to me because we all know how it goes. Usually, the woman has custody of the child, but for some reason, his mom had I mean, his dad had custody of Eric, and Eric would go see his mom on the weekends or whatnot. And so this is one of the reasons why that's the way it is. Um, like I said, as we got older, they all saw that, you know, that I kind of got out of that type of thing. Because like I said, you guys got to remember, this is Los Angeles. Um, they start to see that I was working and then they eventually saw that I went and got my commercial license. So, I mean, all that stuff had got left out. I don't still know why, how his mom still, like, feels that way. Um, like I said, now, I could be wrong. Eric could have looked at the number and didn't want to call either because, I don't know. But, I mean, I felt like after 10 years, like, you know, you should touch ground. Like, it's over because it was it was just over that simple thing with the um, with that company, with that with that temp agency. Really, me and Eric, when we get into it, like me and Eric got into some fist fights. I mean, I, I got into a fist fight with Eric because I had a 65 Mustang. He came in there with a 40 ounce and spilled. And I told him not to. He came in to that car. And we all know like 65 Mustangs, 289, four barrel car, very Cleveland engine. Uh, he got in there drunk and spilled the, the shit all on my and I just kind of whooped his ass. I mean, but. The thing about it is, like, we would always get into fist fights here and there, and we would always come back. That was just kind of a long stretch. And one of the reasons why I think it was a long stretch is because we was trying to figure out where we was going in life. So, and plus, you know, getting out of contact, numbers be getting changed, and then I got to go reach one of the other homies to find out what Eric's number is. So that's why I just went back to his mom's house. I'm pretty sure Eric probably did try to call me at one time, another Right after that happened, probably like a couple years after that, but my number had changed and I just continued to just get on the road and just kind of just leave all that shit behind me. Um, but it's like I said, it was a shock to me that he didn't call back when I went back over there and gave his gave his mom my number. And so, you know, um, I never, to this day, I still haven't heard from Eric. And so what wound up happening is, like I told y'all, I wound up getting with the post office. And I have to rephrase that again, too, because um, the company, like I said, the, the post office was paying like, what was that, like $27, $28 an hour. But what they were doing was they was giving the company the money and then the company would give us. We wasn't getting the whole $28 an hour. I think the company started us out 
at like either 23 or 24 hours and then they would give like a couple of extra dollars towards our benefits so what they was doing was they was it was a contractor's job so the company that i work for lang they was paying us like the 23 to start i think 24 after a year and then we would have like these excellent benefits because the company was actually paying into our medical and stuff like that and plus there was a 41k if you guys understand how the contractor thing works and so um i wound up getting on with the post office man and um i'm just going to tell y'all right now man like that's probably was like one of the longest companies that i worked for um i'm gonna give it i'm gonna be telling y'all stuff that was going i can't get too much into detail but uh there was things that was going on at this post office man that y'all just not going to believe um now, like I said, when I got the job there, I only had like a couple of runs when I first started out because it was temporary. And I was going to Kellerman City and Harris Ranch. So all I would have to do is just pick up the load at Bandini and Long Beach off the 710, go to either Harris Ranch, either I worked five days a week once I got a schedule. So three days I would go to Harris Ranch, two days I would go to uh, Kellerman City. And I, the only problem that I had with that is that we have to wait for our turn driver. So if you had a turn driver coming from Oakland, because the terminal was in Oakland, Lang Terminal was in Oakland, East Oakland. So a lot of those guys, they were older guys. They couldn't take that run. They would be pulling over down there by Los Lobos. If you guys know the um, five over there, they would pull off the road for about an hour or two. Then they would continue to drive and meet me. And then we was, all we would do is just swap the trailers. And then I would take the trailer back to Bandini go home and then that that would be it but if you had a weak turn driver you would be waiting and sometimes it would be making me late coming up over that grapevine because like i explained if you didn't get over that grapevine by at least 3 34 o'clock in the morning it would take you that would take me from the grapevine to get back to bandini like 45 minutes it would take damn near two hours to three hours now because all that traffic is coming down but the post office man it's it's a trip so I'm going to be getting into it on the next segment because I have to really think about what I'm going to say here because I don't want to, um, like I said, a lot of this stuff is still like fresh um, for legal purposes and stuff like that. But it was going down at the post office, y'all. Um, so with that being said, I'm going to stop here and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to get into it. Um, but that's where I wound up at working for the post office. Um, and actually the company that I work for Lang, they wound up getting bought out. And I'm going to explain that to y'all by, by the guy that owns it now. Um, just a lot of shit that went down over there, man. But with that being said, I'm glad that everybody made it. Um, happy new year. This is another year. Let's make this that year, man. Try to make this that year for whatever goals you're trying to do. Um, this year for me, it's just all about grabbing the money now. Cause like I told y'all my plan, um, and a couple more or, or three more, I, I basically want to just go for the hot shot thing. I want to kind of get up off this truck. I don't want to even deal with it no more. Um, that's my plan. So I'm just trying to just grab all the money. And right now, since I can work extra hours because of the COVID that's going on, that's allowing me where I'm at now to work extra hours um, because of what I'm carrying, I can do that. So I'm just all about trying to get as much as I can. So with that being said, y'all be safe, and I'm going to come back and give y'all the next one.